0: Hello, my Zebras and Spoonies! Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. I am glad you are here. So, you have been diagnosed with a chronic illness. Now what? Well, there are things that you can do to help find balance in your life regardless of your diagnosis or, well, honestly, even if you have one. Well, this list is going to be simple. It is important to remember that they are all things that are hard to implement. Lifestyle changes are hard and take time to master, and you are likely to be more successful if you work on one area of your life at a time. Uh, Shoring up even one area will increase your well-being, even if there are other areas that still need to be worked on. Remember to be patient with yourself and to keep in mind that change, especially lasting change, takes time. So the first thing that you can do is eat well. It's true. The better you eat, the better you're going to feel. It's also one of the hardest things to change because it can be really difficult to sort through the supermarket and know what is and isn't good for you. So if you aren't sure what kinds of foods are going to help improve your health, consider seeing a nutritionist for guidance because it can vary greatly depending upon what diagnosis you have. Keep in mind that everyone's food needs are different. And many things can affect what kinds of foods you should be eating, whether or not you have more than one diagnosis. Like if you have diabetes or if you have diabetes and heart disease, your diet is going to be different. Your weight, allergies, food intolerances, culture, religion, your food preferences, all of these things are going to have an impact on the diet that is going to work best for you. Also, not much in the world of food is absolute. Now, if you have a life-threatening allergy, you should just never eat it. But other than that, there's usually some flexibility. Know that giving in and eating that cookie today does not mean that you have failed yourself. It just means that you ate a cookie. Eating well is a lifestyle. It is a commitment to make a day-to-day choices about food with an awareness of your health it is also about being healthier today than you were yesterday so if you're starting your journey with eating a a whole package of cookies every day and then you can improve that to eating half a package every day you are healthier nope not perfect but it's better health is not black and white and we get benefits when we make improvements even if those improvements aren't absolute or the end goal that we want to reach And your food doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to benefit from the changes that you're making in your life. Don't strive for perfection because perfection is not achievable. Another thing that you can do to help you on your chronic illness journey is find someone to talk to. Some people benefit from formal counseling, and this is often a great place to start when you're newly diagnosed, but it doesn't have to be something formal to be of benefit. Having a trusted friend or supportive partner can also be helpful, but be sure to keep in mind that their role isn't to be your therapist. And if you need someone at that level, then you really should seek a professional. It seems too simple to be true, but the reality is that talking does help. Now, this isn't the superficial chit-chat that we usually engage in, but socialization is helpful, so superficial chit-chat does help. But talking in a meaningful way can be really hard. Pulling out your emotional guts and letting someone else see them can be super daunting. And this is why it is often easier to talk to a counselor than someone that you feel like you're taking an emotional risk with. Talking about your feelings and problems gives you an outlet for the stress that you're feeling. It can help you process what is going on. It can get you an outside perspective on your situation, which sometimes that we need. It can also foster relationships that will lend you more stability and emotional support in your life. People who love you are better able to support you when they know what's going on. And this social connection goes a long way towards feeling well. Formal counseling comes in many forms. So if you're going to try uh, counseling, keep that in mind. Because if it isn't helpful, don't dismiss counseling as a whole. Consider getting a different counselor or a different type of counseling because sometimes it's about finding that person that you can trust and you can connect with who has a style that is going to work for the needs that you have. You should consider herbal options. I'm not going to advocate that herbal remedies can solve every problem because I think that any kind of treatment has its pros and cons. Additionally, even treatments with high efficacy will not work for everyone. But herbal treatments are often overlooked when considering treatment options for chronic illness. And there are numerous herbal options out there. It can be increasing herbal consumption in your diet or drinking teas, or it can be pills with herbal content. But just keep these options in mind. Um, But also know that generally speaking, they're not as researched as your pharmaceuticals. But that doesn't mean that they can't work for you. Consider aromatherapy. Smells are linked strongly with memories and can greatly impact our mood and our energy levels. And this is a pretty low-risk therapy. I mean, there's a risk that the smell will trigger a negative emotion or memory, and I suppose that a smell could also trigger something like a migraine. Again, these possible side effects suck, but they are short-term and they're not life-threatening. So it might be something to consider. The benefits can be really life-changing, Try different aromas. There are essential oils, perfumes, and herbs out there. Experiment and see if anything works for you. I mean, even if you think about just the relaxation benefit alone that these can offer, it's huge. Aromas are useful if you are new to mindfulness and meditation, since they can be used as a focus point for your thoughts. So that brings me to mindfulness and meditation. The effects of mindfulness and meditation are, are profound. The research on this is really, really promising and really telling about how much we can change the way that our brain works. And it's super beneficial. They have the benefit of being something that can be done anywhere and are completely free to use. There are many classes out there that will teach you how to use these skills, but going to a class isn't required. There's plenty out there on the internet that can get you started. Um, it is also something that many healthcare providers are using to treat their mental illness. So it's something that you can go to a counselor and also help get help learning from in a one-to-one professional setting. And if it's a counselor, it's often something that your insurance will cover. It is one form of counseling, and thus it is a treatment often covered by insurances, so it's super helpful. Making sure that you are taking care of your mental health is super important right now. There's going to be a grieving process that comes with having a new diagnosis, so having mental health care as part of the plan will help you through that difficult transition of figuring out what it means to have this diagnosis. Consider exercise. Exercise is connected to our energy levels. When we have an excessive amount of energy, exercise is a good outlet to burn some of that off. When our energy levels are low, exercise can actually increase our energy. This doesn't mean that you have to engage in heavy physical activity. It means doing physical activity that matches your fitness and energy level. Going for a walk can go a long way to making you feel better if it's something that you're doing Um, on a regular basis especially. Uh, This one can be super difficult to consider when we are not feeling well and our energy levels are low. It seems counterintuitive to the resting that our bodies seem to be craving. Resting is important and should also be embraced, but our bodies are designed for motion. Give yours the movement that you can, even if that means laying on the bed and swinging your arms and legs off the edge of the bed for a while. Movement is movement, and we benefit it regardless from the form that it takes. Sleep. Sleep. It is an essential part of being healthy. Sleep is our body's time for cleaning house. It gives the brain a chance to clear away all the chemicals that have been used for the day's functions. It is also when our immune systems are the most active. Good sleep decreases the frequency and length of acute illnesses. Good sleep also improves focus, memory, and emotional flexibility. Having good sleep is probably the single most important thing that we can do to have good health. That being said, it's also a huge challenge to achieve, and I've got lots of other posts about sleep specifically, so I won't dig into the specifics of that here. If you have a chronic illness, you are probably going to end up with pharmaceutical medications. Seeing a doctor and getting into a medication management program are immensely helpful for many people, but remember that, that this isn't the most effective treatment for everyone. I personally feel that medications should never be the sole treatment and should not be the first line of treatment, but taking medications isn't a sin and is often a required part of managing a chronic illness. All medications have risks. There are a lot of treatments that have little or no risks that should be tried first, However, medications have their place. There are some cases that they're, really severe or just not responding to other treatments, and medications can be life-changing for some people, but if you have been on several medications without benefit, you might want to consider trying other treatment options. Also, don't forget to include your pharmacist in your discussions about your medications. Talk with them about when you should be taking your medications and the foods that you should avoid with that medication. The pharmacist is the medication expert, and you can, and they can give you the best information regarding your medications. Don't forget to use your coping skills. These are the things that we do to help us work through the difficult symptoms that we are having. They are any characteristic or behavioral pattern that enhances a person's adaptation or ability to adapt to a situation. These are things that help us process or distract us because sometimes we need to take a break from a problem. Um, Or they can be things to help us reduce our stress. Some of the treatments um, on this list could also be viewed as coping skills rather than treatments. And you could view all treatments as coping skills since they improve our adaptability. So some coping skills that you might want to try. Writing, art, being social, uh, watching TV, looking at social media, puzzles, music, stargazing, primping, uh, crying taking a shower, playing with a pet, finding a craft, doing a hobby, reading, cooking, organizing, or shorting objects, ripping up paper, hugging a stuffed animal, dancing, prayer, uh, listing your blessings, going to a park, just being silly, using a fidget or a stress toy, gardening, looking at photos, using positive imagery, deep breathing, and just so many others. If there's a coping skill that you find really helpful that I haven't listed, please share it in the comments. Uh, Don't be afraid to try new things that you, because you just never know what is going to be helpful. So there's also traditional medicine. Uh, we've been treating illness for a long time before the arrival of the scientific method in modern medicine. Treatments became traditional because people found that they were working well enough and often enough to continue with the practice. There is more and more research going into these kinds of treatments, but they are still largely untested. There are options in Chinese medicine since it's acupuncture and treatments focusing on the management of energy. Uh there's the Indian lifestyle of Ayurveda. Oh man, I probably just totally said that wrong. Which focuses on wellness as a whole. I personally don't know a lot about any of these kinds of treatments, but I feel that it is important to note that they are out there and that there are options available to you and I think that there are things that are really worth taking your time to look into and to consider. And I think that the most important thing to keep in mind when you are going into um, managing a chronic illness is knowing that your treatment plan is going to be a mixing pot. I have never known anyone who found success with a single treatment, and that's in the management of any diagnosis. Try things out and take what helps while letting go the things that don't. Also keep in mind that for you to experience lasting change, the treatments that you choose need to be things that you can commit to for the rest of your life. If you can not imagine life without cheese, then you might want to just skip on trying that no dairy diet your cousin had great luck with. I mean, just because it worked for someone else doesn't mean that it's going to be the right solution for you. So... Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. Um, That's about all I have for rambling. Uh, If you like what you have heard, please consider uh, supporting this podcast. And until we talk again, you guys be sure to take care of yourselves. Bye.